tulpa. There is a certain quality to suburban homes at night, especially when you are alone. This quality is magnified to an almost unbearable intensity if the house is especially quiet. If you can hear someone upstairs drinking a glass of water in bed from the living room. If the floorboards record acutely every stocking padded footstep. He'd broken the TV over a college football game. He was 35. So was she. That sort of thing wasn't a stated reason for her breaking up with him. But it wasn't far from the front of her mind as she broke the news to him, either. And now she wished, deeply, bordering on desperate, that he was here. The TV was broken, and it was very, very quiet. Three years was a long commitment to throw away, and 35 certainly felt a bit old to be starting anything new from scratch. But until tonight, the positive feelings had well outpaced the negative. She'd done the right thing. On that, she did not waver could not waver. She'd done the right thing. She'd lived in this house for a year and a half, and had never more than politely waved at her neighbors across the street. What name would she even call out if she pulled back her shower curtain and found a man with a long knife leering at her? The most Freudian of murder fantasies. And don't stab wounds look so pedestrian? Just little irregularities. A white pickup truck drove slowly down the street, Public Works orange light flashing across all the garages and gently sloping lawns along the block. Low motor hum, pumping out a steady fog of pesticide. She was trying to read a book. A real book. A serious book. It had been years. College. She wanted to be someone who read serious books. It was so quiet, she splashed a bit of red wine on her couch when the air conditioner kicked in outside the window. She wasn't alone in this house. A fly buzzed past her face, lingered, ignored the impotent flapping of her hand, past her ear. She focused on it, tried in earnest to swat him. He flew away. In life, flies are an annoyance. In death, we belong to them. Once we will sit still long enough, once we can no longer swat, time is on their side. Again, she was staring at the page probably had been for five minutes, and not reading a word. The inked shapes snapped back into focus. Her ears had been working, probing, waiting. Last time she'd actually been reading, she swore she heard something, barely, a sound unnoticed on intake, only half perceived as it was being filed away somewhere in the back of her mind. What had it been? A collection of small moths had gathered at her window where it was lit. A spider large enough to cover her palm entered the scene, its white belly glowing in the lamplight. She watched in horror as its lithe legs closed the distance, slowly at first, and then all at once, hunting the moths. Why didn't they fly away? Were they frozen with fear? Some even crawled toward it. Outside, the kudzu bobbed easily in the breeze, the leaves turning and flashing in the moonlight. She'd let the vines overtake every tree in the yard before a friend told her it was invasive. It strangles the trees, you know, chokes off all their light and steals their water. And they brought it here on purpose, to Philadelphia for the World's Fair. She decided she liked it anyway. It was already crawling over the garden shed. In her dreams, the curling green tendrils engulfed the house and swallowed her, 
digested her in warm, pungent darkness. Someday. Someday. But what had she heard? Creak of old wood? Someone shifting their weight ever so slightly from one foot to the other? Her, the fly, and who else? 